Time for us to begin our midday program here on a Monday on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us here. Very nice, very nice day out there. Scott in here with you. We'll get Susan Littlefield along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan all here to tell you about what we're going to tell you about here in this midday program. We start out with Susan Littlefield and uh, no gloating allowed here. First of all, let me just make that statement right now. You're no fun. At I know all. it. I know it. I knew what was coming, and I just uh, wanted to just nip it in the bud. I have wait a minute. Waiting. Wait a minute. Jason Jorgensen would like to stand in and have a moment. <laughs> you want to bring up the early '80s? No. <laughs> okay. Because you know it took time to rebuild, and we have our rebuilding year. You know, Chopping it's taken three years. So my advice to to Husker fans is give Coach Frost some time. Okay. All because right. you know Rome wasn't built in a day. The Gophers weren't built in a day. We are now six and zero, and life is good. It's the good life. We will. Uh, we will just keep. <laughs> we'll just keep rowing that boat, Susan. We'll keep rowing we that are. boat. All right. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got for us besides well, we're that? We're going to check out a couple of things um, coming up at twelve nineteen. The Livia Foundation has a new series that is starting, and you can find out more by going to GoodTalksGoodLife.org. Um, their first event is going to be taking place this Thursday at seven o'clock at the Nebraska Union Auditorium. It's not a debate. It's a absolute time for discussion and it's already sold out but more mm. details we will have at 1219 with one of the foundation board members ty walker as he talks about what they're doing with the lydia foundation as they continue to grow that organization then stepping in at 1245 we're going to hear more about kappa co-op as you know this is happening to be national co-op month so we're going to get more details about kappa ethanol and the co-op from clay Patton. and then shaley peters will step in at 117 with the state executive director the nebraska executive director is at the state fair she'll be talking more about 2019 numbers and what's going to happen 2020 and beyond with the nebraska state fair all right thank you very much susan have a good day mm-hmm. we turn it over to jason jorgensen and uh where are we at it's an outrage <laughs> nebraska should never lose to minnesota in football and, 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 and look that bad to it. Yeah. But hey, the good news is everybody's all excited because they announced today that the Huskers will open up the year on August 28th in Ireland against Illinois. Wow. So get your tickets now to head to Dublin. <laughs> that would be cool. No, they they won't know why all these people are dressed in red all the time. But uh. but, but I saw someone post on Facebook a, a a shrewd move by the Huskers to get a, a a foothold there in that recruiting hotbed of Ireland for football players. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure they'll sell a lot of trips and people mm-hmm. will be excited. Nebraska's schedule next year is already tough. Yeah, uh, an overseas trip makes it even tougher. So. That we'll hear from head coach John Cook with the very successful volleyball team coming okay. in sports. All right, very good. We'll turn it over to Bob Brogan. Hi, Bob. Uh, what's going on today? Stocks are wobbling between gains and losses. Investors are remaining cautious about the prospects of a full trade agreement between the U.S. and China. Also, uh, Britain and EU divorce talks are making slow progress. The average U.S. price of gas pretty much unchanged over the past two weeks, depending on who you talk to. So those are stories that are making headlines today. All right. Thank you very much. That's all coming up on Mid- 
Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. we got Paul Perkins in here, and uh, this is kind of a picture-perfect sort of fall day right now. Yes, uh, currently not too much in the way of winds, even though those winds are expected to kind of pick up as the day goes on. But all in all, some decent temperatures, upper 50s to low 60s, what you kind of envision for a nice October day. We had it yesterday, and it looks like... Today, more of the same, and much of this week looking overall pretty good. Yeah, well, that's and it looks like a good harvest week for sure, and, and that's good. We'll need it. Yes, everybody will have a good chance to get caught up on a lot of that stuff and make some good progress. Right now, temperatures for the most part upper 50s to low 60s, but they are living right in Thedford right now. Benefactor of some southwest winds. Temperatures currently as warm as 68 degrees living right in Thedford currently. I, I want to know where they put that <laughs> thermometer in Thedford. It's always just a little different. I think I think it probably, whenever they get a westerly wind off yeah. those sand hills, that's, that's probably those, those downslope winds helping in that just kind of like Denver gets off the mountain. That's true. So. Dry weather for harvest will continue all the way through Saturday before our next storm that could bring in some rain as early as Saturday night into Sunday. Today will be sunny and slightly warmer than normal behind the passage of a warm front that's moving through the region. Dry passage of a cold front for tonight behind that front. Tomorrow, windy with some highs cooling to the 50s to low 60s. Another pretty hard freeze expected for tomorrow night. Wednesday will be a little bit cooler than usual, but a change in the winds to the south, a sign of some better things to come. Highs on Thursday through Saturday in the upper 60s to the 70s with a ridge of high pressure tracking across the plains. That next chance of rain Saturday night through Sunday with some low pressure and there could be some decent rain amounts with this system since a good amount of moisture is expected to be drawn north. It is reflected in our long-term forecast. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be mostly seasonal. Uh, uh, actually, the, in the long-term forecast, our uh, temperatures for Nebraska and Kansas likely to be mostly seasonal. That better chance of milder temperatures will be this weekend through early next week. Then we'll get on the backside of that area of low pressure, and temperatures will trend a bit cooler the middle of next week through October 23rd. Above normal precipitation likely for Nebraska and Kansas this weekend and early next week as that area of low pressure moves across the plains. It's not likely to be as wet the middle of next week through the 23rd with near normal to slightly above normal precipitation. Key weather factors in the market include varying amounts of precipitation this week in the Midwest and continued scattered rain in crop areas of Brazil. The Midwest will be overall drier this week to allow some harvest progress. More of the rain in eastern areas of the Midwest. Six to ten days from now, rainfall will be in northern areas of the Midwest and locally heavy rain in the eastern areas. A freeze this past weekend may have damaged some crops that were immature. Crop Northern Plains crop areas are experiencing Extensive harvest disruption and crop damage after a large snowstorm this past weekend left up to two feet of snow in some areas. This week will be drier and milder, which will allow some recovery and snow melt. More rain chances, though, expected for the northern plains this next weekend. Across west-central Brazil crop areas, kind of a mixed bag on rain in Brazil for soybean planting. There were only a few light showers in west-central areas of uh, Brazil this last weekend. Hot weather redeveloped through key growing areas for soybeans in Mato Grosso to Rio Grande do Sul. Northern Brazil may see a few thunder showers through tomorrow, but it will be dry then the middle to late part of the week. Planting progress may slow in areas that remain drier and hotter this week. Southern Brazil will see some scattered rain this week along with some lower temperatures, which will allow for a little bit better soybean planting. But all in all, uh, soybean planting down in Brazil. 
But for us, some nice weather for harvest above normal temperatures for today. I think it's kind of a few dips here coming up this week. You were talking about the wind's going to pick up today. Looks like it's really going to blow tomorrow. So yeah, cold stocks everywhere. Yeah, northwest of 20 to 40 tomorrow. So Oof, okay. Yeah, a lot of wind with that system, kind of like what we saw late last week, but okay. not as cold next tomorrow. We'll take it. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Where do you go check in on your weather? KRVN.com. Good Talks for the Good Life. It's a new series being started by the Lydia Foundation. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Ty Walker sits on the board for the Lydia Foundation for Social Engagement. The first of a series of Good Talks for the Good Life starts this Thursday, October 17th. But he first tells us about what the Lydia Foundation is all about. Well, um, the Lydia Foundation, it's, it's pretty new. Um, we were just officially formed back in um, uh, May, and um, I have a good buddy that um, he asked. He approached me and asked me if I wanted to be on the board. And um, you know, I although I, I guess I never had the um, good fortune to meet um, Lydia McKiernan, who the foundation is named after, but um, her son um, Alex is um, a good friend of mine, and and I feel like he embodies the ideals of what the foundation is founded on probably probably better than about anybody else I know and that's like how to have constructive discourse on um, difficult and divisive topics. There's going to be a program that you guys are starting called Good Talks for the Good Life and the first one comes up on Thursday, October 17th and a very interesting topic to come out of the shoot with. Our main focus, you know, like I said, it's it's to have discussions on a variety of different difficult topics and um the this first one is titled is medical marijuana right for nebraska and um we'll have a couple of nationally renowned speakers uh matthew schweik he's the deputy director um of the uh, marijuana policy project and um luke nipparatus is the chief of staff for um sam which is smart approaches to marijuana and we, I guess when we pick that topic, it, um, a lot of people might, might assume that we, for some reason, pick that because we have some type of a, you know, a dog in this fight or that, is that we have a position, but that's not the case at all. This is just the first in a series of different, um, topics that we look to bring. And we picked this one because it, you know, it is timely for Nebraska right now. There's a petition drive, um, to put it, on the ballot for November 2020. Um, there's also, I think it's LB 110 was introduced by uh, Senator Anna Wishart, and it's currently on general file. So this, we picked this topic because it's something that pertains to um, decisions that need to be made, you know, coming up right away. And what are some of the takeaways you guys are hoping the Lydia Foundation and having these good talks for the good life, no matter what the subject is? What are you hoping some of the takeaways will be for, for producers out there and consumers in general across the state of Nebraska? Well, like I said before, I mean, our, our main goal is to um, show that we can have productive conversations on, on divisive, tough issues without it uh, degenerating into, you know, um, some of what we might see on mainstream type media or social media. And um, we're looking to chart a path forward that's an alternative to that, I guess. 
Um, so hopefully people can see that we can have respectful conversations and my conversation with Ty Walker. You can find out more information by going to goodtalksgoodlife.org. Again, is medical marijuana right for Nebraska this Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Nebraska Union Auditorium in Lincoln? Again, the website is goodtalksgoodlife.org. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. About time for us to take a look at sports. Jason Jorgensen in studio with us and... Uh well, uh, the best thing that we can say right now about uh, the Nebraska game Saturday is, hey, they're going to play in Ireland in a couple of years. <laughs> That's right. The Huskers will open up against Illinois and Dublin, Ireland to begin the 2021 season. That is the second game in a five-game series of college football games over there. Navy and Notre Dame will meet in Dublin next season as well. Now that Nebraska game against Illinois is set for August 28th. It's the first time the Huskers have played overseas since they beat Kansas State in the 1992 Coca-Cola Bowl in Tokyo. I actually remember staying up for that. Yeah, because you had to stay up late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was announced that it also announced today that Nebraska's game on October 26th at home against Indiana. That will be a 2.30 kickoff, which, if you ask me, should be the time of college football games, but it's it's odd that that now is a rarity. It is. They play in that window. That was, that's the perfect time. I like that time a lot. Fifth-ranked Nebraska volleyball team swept Michigan yesterday. The Huskers improved to 13-2 and overall, 5-1 and one of the Big Ten. They stifled Michigan, which went into the match. The Big Ten leading 302 hitting percentage, but against the old Big Red, they hit just 019. And head coach John Cook says getting the first set was key. You know, we lose that first game, man. I think this could have been a rough night for us. We would have had trouble coming back because I think it would have given Michigan a lot of confidence. But the fact we came back in game one after struggling so much, made some big plays, we really turned the momentum, got the crowd into it. And then game two was just a good game, but I just felt like we were in control. And then game three, you know, we... We uh, took it to them. Michigan's hitting percentage was a season low for the Wolverines. Nebraska finishes up a four-match homestand against 20th-ranked Purdue on Wednesday night. That one starts at 8. We'll have the match for you right here on 880-KRVN. This is kind of cool. Former mm-hmm. Husker and Carney kicker Brett Maher did something yesterday that no other NFL kicker has ever done. Maher became the first kicker in NFL history to make two field goals of 62 yards or more. Ex-Husker knocked through a 62-yarder, and the Cowboys lost to the Jets yesterday. That kick came just before half. Maher had a big day, three field goals in that one, but not enough. The Cowboys fell to the lowly. New York Jets. Figure. They're three and three on the year. I'm kind of surprised Jason Garrett was allowed to fly back home with the team. That but, seat yeah. is really hot, though. <laughs> he still has a job for now. <laughs> Pretty nice day for the NSAA Girls State Golf Tournaments. It started up today. Of course, those are a two-day event. Norfolk is hosting Class A. Class B is in Elkhorn, and Class C is in North Platte. And the brackets are set for the NSAA State Softball Tournament that starts this week in Hastings. As usual, Hastings Tigers have qualified in Class B. In Class C, Kozad will play Kearney Catholic again at 11.30 on Wednesday. They met three times on Saturday. Uh-huh. They also met earlier this year yep. in one of the tournaments. So uh, it'll be the fifth time they've seen one another on Wednesday. No surprises uh, anymore. No, if there's no. any secrets, uh, you thought they would have been flushed out by now. Uh, we will bring you that game on Wednesday over on Kimmy Country Legends and at KRVN.com.
Always interesting. That that state uh, state softball is all, and it might actually have good weather, which seems yeah. really unusual for state softball. Normally, it's either wet or cold, mm-hmm. windy or bold, but it looks okay this time around. All right, makes up for the rotten weather they had for districts that they had to dance around. True. That is the check of sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. All right, thanks, Jason. The University of Nebraska is offering buyouts to around 400 tenured teachers nearing retirement age. The teachers age 62 or older with at least a decade of service to the university system are eligible to receive lump payments equal to 80% of their yearly base salaries. Lincoln Chancellor Ronnie Green says a buyout provides teachers a retirement option and lets the university save money, some of which can be used to hire new teachers. The system paid $9.2 million to 89 teachers in 2014, the last time the program was offered when eligible teachers could receive 90% of their pay. The University of Nebraska Medical Center did not participate in the previous buyouts and isn't planning to participate this year. The Kearney and Lincoln campuses and the other Omaha campus will participate. Nebraska lawmakers who pledged to lower property taxes are getting ready to try again with a proposal that would boost state aid for K-12 public schools while restricting the district's taxing power. The tentative proposal, which is largely opposed by educators, closely resembles one lawmakers considered earlier this year. Its sponsor says they're working to address school officials' biggest concerns. Senator Lou Ann Linehan, chair of the legislature's Revenue Committee, says she believes lawmakers are headed in the right direction, but they still could run into obstacles. Linehan says committee members have met almost weekly since June and consulted with Governor Pete Ricketts. She says she hopes to have a new bill ready for lawmakers by December 15th, several weeks before the 2020 session begins. Last month's attack on a key Saudi Arabian oil facility did not appear to have had any effect on the U.S. gasoline market. Trilby Lundberg, publisher of the Lundberg survey, which tracks gas prices, offered her take. The attacks on Saudi Arabia's oil facilities were extremely dramatic, very, very worrisome, but it turned out that authorities in that country were right when they predicted a quick resumption of production. It does take a while for a change in world supply to impact the U.S. gasoline pumps at the consumer level, and the threat was dissipated prior to it hitting the streets. Gas prices were essentially flat over the past two weeks. The average price for a gallon of regular gas remains at $2.73. The price today in Nebraska is two forty-five a gallon, according to AAA. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. October is Cooperative Month, and the 2019 theme for Cooperative Month is Co-ops by the Community for the Community. I'm Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. When you want to talk about community and helping those get their foot in the door in the ag industry, we learn more about Kappa Co-op by talking with their Executive Director, Elise Schlake. And Elise, thanks for being able to join us today. Give us an overview of what Kappa Co-op is and how you're helping the next generation of ag entrepreneurs. 
Kappa Co-op uh, was started in 1996. A group of area carny folks uh, wanted to come together to try to secure a potato chip factory. You may know this, uh, this factory as uh, Frito-Lay, which is now in Gothenburg. And they came together and realized that a co-op would be beneficial in securing larger projects that are ag-based and uh, really positive for the community. We now have 400 members. Um, one of the other projects that we have is uh, Kappa Ethanol. We no longer have that because they have graduated onto their own board of directors and their own entity. Uh, so basically what Kappa Co-op is, I can sum it up as a shark tank. I'm the shark and I get ag projects that come to me and they're value-added projects and our co-op members are actually a group of investors. So we're very rare in that sense. Uh, there's not a lot of us in the United States. We're the only one in Nebraska and we come together as a co-op to invest in value-added projects. Talk to us about these value-added projects. What is one of the latest ones that you're working on? Actually, we have two we're currently working on. One of them is a project with Terrace Ag. They are a software for land appraisals. They are out of York, Nebraska. We're currently looking for more investors as well as more Kappa Co-op members to invest in this project. Uh, like I said, they're out of York, Nebraska. Uh, it, you can define it as a QuickBooks software for appraisers. So it's for land, ag land, and you can simplify it through this software process. Over your term now, starting in the late 90s and now going up you know, nearly 20 years later, there's been a lot that's happened. So talk to us about how Kappa Co-op has benefited the local farmers and the local ag community here in central Nebraska. 96 we started we did not get that potato chip factory but we have progressed with sending corn over to Japan sending um, soybeans over in the form of tofu uh, so we were raising some tofu soybeans uh, we've looked at peas and it's just helped farmers like I said come together and benefit their pocketbooks based on investments, which in turn affects economy and keeping things local. Kappa Co-op strives to keep all of our expenditures, monthly expenditures, very local. Um, if we can buy it in town or find the service in town, we definitely do that. I think one of the cool things about Kappa Co-op, from what I've learned from one of the board members, is that co-op members have the availability of a farmer's market through Kappa. Kappa Co-op decided to form the Platte River Valley Market and the idea came from markets out on the west coast or down south where there are flea markets, uh, where there are big open air buildings and people can come in and buy space for their booth and they can show up when they want. So it's very much a flea type market. So I wanted to take that concept and bring it to central Nebraska and try to help local producers that grow something or make something or raise something that's all here in Nebraska and give them that marketing. We do the marketing for them through radio, through print advertising. So currently we have Wagyu Angus beef, we have water that's out of the sand hills, we have local pork producers, we have a local indoor a veggie producer. So she grows vegetables year-round out of her greenhouse. Um, she has an aquaponics. So it's a really cool concept and we're definitely benefiting these folks and giving them a year-round indoor market that is actually based in our office. 
the board wanted me to start small and have it in the office because we have a very large office and it works great to set up tables before I progressed and turned this into a bigger outdoor flea market. Kind of going back, circling back around, you talked about this being the shark tank of ag. Right now you said you have 400 members. Can you still accept new members and what does it take to become a member of Kappa Co-op? Yes, we can accept new members at any time. Membership is $250 a year, and what you get from that is first come on knowledge of up-and-coming technologies, projects, just being in the loop on the latest agriculture projects and information. Uh, we look at projects monthly. If I feel that potential project, it goes from me to my board, and then from there, if the board thinks it's feasible through balance sheets, through idea, through uniqueness of the project then it goes out to the membership and the membership has that first come choice of investing in these projects. What do you think the future holds for the co-op model in Nebraska as well as Kappa co-op specifically? Personally, uh, this is coming from me, I think that the co-op model is huge. I think our nation is at a point where we need to come together as a team, and that is what a co-op is. It is a team of people with ideas, different ideas coming together to positively impact that economy. That again, Kappa Co-op Executive Director Elise Slake as we celebrate October National Co-op Month. This is the Rural Radio Network. Time for us to take a look at the business world, see what's going on as we check across the world in stocks. The Japanese Nikkei last night uh, was up. Asian markets in good shape. Hong Kong up 215 points. The London FTSE, though, was down at 33. Down 33, I should say. And the German DAX index was down 25 at 12,000. Here in the United States, uh, stocks are, in the words of Bob Brogan, uh, wobbly. Well, uh, I'm sure he'll explain what that means coming up next but what i can tell you is the dow jones industrial average is down 10 the nasdaq down four and the smp down two so they're not down very far bob is that what you're saying they're wobbling from up to down wobbling like uh, my radio flyer wagon in my youth so did you just have one wheel on that uh, no. no okay it just it just wobbled i always wanted to fix it and i took washers eventually and washered the wheel on Okay. And tightened it, and that helped for a while. So, all right. So, uh, like a like a cart, a grocery cart that has a bad wheel. Yeah. That kind of that idea. So, like so that. right now the stocks have a bad wheel. Okay. Yes, I use that <laughs> wagon all the time. <laughs> hey, that's Bob Brogan. What do you got for us? Stocks are, as Scott said, wobbling between gains and losses as investors remain cautious about the prospects of a full trade agreement between the U.S. and China. Technology and healthcare stocks were rising in midday trading, but several other sectors were lower, including energy, which was being held back by a drop in the price of crude oil. Western Digital added 1.6%, but Occidental Petroleum fell 1.4%. Small company stocks fell, and more stocks fell than rose on the New York Stock Exchange. Bond markets are closed for the Columbus Day holiday, and we uh, won't go there because it would take a little bit too long. We'd have to go through some history to discuss that whole thing. Okay. But essentially, uh, Christopher Columbus 
discovered America uh-huh. many moons ago. That's, so. that's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate Christopher Columbus Day by uh, going to Gothenburg and discovering that a little Would bit you, later today. Please report back to okay, us how that goes. Also, um, the British government says it will end free movement from the European Union in 2021 as part of a post-Brexit immigration reform plan. Plans for an immigration bill were announced today in Queen Elizabeth's speech, which outlines the programs of new Prime Minister Boris Johnson's government. Under the legislation, EU citizens moving to Britain after January 2021 will lose their automatic right to settle in Britain and will be treated in the same way as citizens from non-EU nations. The average U.S. price of regular-grade gasoline has remained at $2.73 a gallon over the past two weeks, so it's stable, it's not wobbling. Troby Lundberg of the Lundberg Survey says that within the average, prices in more than half of the cities surveyed fell by several cents, while prices mostly rose in cities on the West Coast. In Nebraska, on average... Uh, regular gasoline is selling for about $2.45 a gallon, according to AAA. And that's the way things look out there today. All right, very good. Well, Bob, good luck wobbling back to the uh, newsroom. Hope it goes well for you. Thank you very much. Hey there, hungry harvesters. No time for lunch? Not on our watch. KRVN, The River, Cami are on the lookout for producers in the field. We'll be traveling throughout our listening area delivering harvest breaks with the best barbecue and beef around from Skeeter Barn and ice-cold bottles of water to harvest crews with no time to waste. Happy harvest from these sponsors. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Shaylee Peters, visiting now with Executive Director Lori Cox. And you guys just came out of your board meeting and really the first one you've had since State Fair, Lori. Uh, so we got a chance to take in a ton of information. You got numbers back and not just attendance numbers. You've got results all the way across the board. And uh, really, although there were some struggles, I mean, everybody knew with the weather that that was just going to be part of it. So just recap, if you would, some of the information you got back in today's board meeting. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, the numbers will reveal one way or the other is some astonishment. There's no doubt. And we were astonished by a few of them. We broke all carnival sales record for Nebraska State Fair. Uh, who to thunk it? Uh, I sure couldn't have predicted that. And um, we're really excited to be able to share that news. In addition to that, um, better than 25% of those sales happened pre-sale. So before the fair even set a tone at 10 o'clock that Friday, the 23rd, we had already had 25% of those revenues in the bank for carnival sales. That makes a huge difference because in our business, that's called rain insurance, and look what happened. Uh, Gate sales were also super strong going into the fair. Again, a very beneficial thing for us. And we had great numbers off the chart on things like those bundled packs like Fairbration Pass, Statecation, Hometown Pass. The date night pack was really a hit this year. So those are our fun numbers. Um, The other uh, numbers that were surprising certainly came out of our taverns. Uh, People really enjoyed themselves this year at the fair, and those tavern numbers are are way up from 2018, as well as concessionaires. We had more than six, I believe, that were 50% or better than they were last year, and I think all of those folks would tell you they were astonished by that as well. Shopping was actually better than you would think. Some, Some shopping... Uh, vendors had a tough year and then others 
had a tremendous year. Green Line Equipment did the best that they've ever done with their uh, store inside the Pinnacle Bank Expo Center with their onesies and tractors and those things for all things John Deere. So very, um, very strange, really, across the board of ways and means of numbers. But indeed, we were down in attendance, and that's never a fun pill to swallow, but with seven inches of rain, that's pretty much what's going to happen. And so another thing that really stood out in the board meeting, um, there have been so many changes made, even since you took over, this is your second state fair, and the vision you have worked on while you've been here, but also what you're looking forward to as we work into more state fairs and, and really work into, as crazy as it sounds, another decade of state fairs. Yes, I think one of the things that can happen to any CEO of a, of a fair, whether you're a county fair level or state fair level, it doesn't matter. It's really easy to get bogged down by worry about the numbers all the time. You need to worry about programming first, and our programming belief is that we start with reflection of Nebraska. What does Nebraska look like? What does Nebraska want to see at the state fair? And how does that all tie back to who we are as agriculturalists? Those Aggies and that and the experience that they have coming in uh, for their livestock exhibition or uh, the chance to uh, come and enjoy a, a country concert, whatever that looks like, we need to continue to improve upon that experience. And as long as we do, as long as we provide that customer experience, the service that comes with it, provide programming that matters to people, then you know what? Attendance will come. Catching up again with Lori Cox, Executive Director of the Nebraska State Fair, as they just held their first board meeting since the 2019 Nebraska State Fair. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. We closed higher in soybeans as well as wheat, but uh, just pretty much unchanged in corn. Let's talk about this with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter, This Week in Grain. We weren't on the highs of the day on soybeans today, but we stayed in the green. Yeah, I, most of the action was within the first couple hours of the trade last night, You know, seeing that push up to 9.45 half and then essentially falling back on the open here to close to 9.30 and then really middle of the range for the rest of the day. Not a whole lot to talk about. We didn't have any government data today with export inspections. We won't have the crop progress numbers tonight. I think the trade wants to see kind of what the, the fallout was from the weekend of, of snow up north. Not sure how accurate the data will be that we get tomorrow on that, but, uh, you know, I think at this point we're starting to measure what the, what the harvest pace is going to be and trying to project here going forward what it's going to be in the next two to three weeks. Spotty weather this way, we should be having pretty decent progress during the week, but we're going to get wet again at the end of next week. Uh, looks like the cold weather's behind us at least through the, through the end of November, so, or the end of October rather, so, um, Watch the wheat markets. I think watching wheat, KC wheat specifically, rally up, made a new high today. This is the high close from the last, I think, month and a half. Uh, really going back to the October WASD, or I'm sorry, the August WASD. Uh, this is where uh, where all the selling started. So, uh, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's a difficult trade here. you got to make a little bit of a bet on how the rest of the harvest is going to go. We still have a month and a half to go before delivery, but anybody looking to price there before uh, Thanksgiving, I think you probably need to get to work here on a push-up to, say, 405. I, I just don't see a whole lot of buying action above that market uh, unless, of course, the trade deal would, would actually become a trade deal. I think at this point, uh, after a week and a delving in and trying to find some sort of idea of what exactly is happening, um, you're no really closer to, uh, to anything than when, when I started. So uh, I'd like to believe that we're making strides there, but I wouldn't go 
go counting on China to, to be buying a bunch of corn from us anytime soon. Yeah, it's no longer expected that this year's crops will get bigger, but then the traders are not convinced, really, that they're going to get substantially smaller, are they? No, and I think that the, the key here is this, the demand side. I think supply side, you know, we can start to pen in a 165, 164, 166, that number, where it's 168 and a half right now. I think you can go ahead and take that down. You know, maybe drop beans a little bit. For me, it's demand side here, and if you're looking for some sort of trade purchase, it would be an ethanol. I think the ethanol side has to see some, some exporting here. Uh, you know, if, if we bring in higher prices due to something, I don't know, I mean, if it's, even if it's wheat rallying that drags corn higher, I think you're going to lose uh, some ethanol demand, at least on the price action, given that crude oil just hasn't rallied at all from it. So uh, short term here, I'd be a little skeptical to think this thing can live too much above four bucks. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to the website, danielsagmarketing.com. And that'll do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divinity deal.